welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver entertaining, educational, and some inspirational thoughts and comments all about adulting. I hope you all have the boots and ball outfits ready because I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that fall is coming. And with that, you know we have to pay our bills, so a word from our sponsor. Divine Timing is an encouragement and edification company specializing in beautifully designed digital journals and planners to get and keep your life uplifted and in order. Go to fearforme.com to check out the online store. And for all of our WMB listeners, you can use the code WMB22 at checkout to save 22% on everything on the site. So go shopping and get your life. So y'all, y'all know we do a quote of every single episode. So today's quote is, sex is like math. Add a bed, subtract the clothes, divide the legs, and pray you do not multiply. Okay, so my thoughts on that. Well, let me just say that that is an amazing quote. I've never heard that before, but yes, you can add, subtract divide and hopefully that will equal an absolutely wonderfully beautiful and magnificent time because sexuality is so important to who we are as humans definitely as women and we cannot allow anyone or anything to prohibit us from having the best time of our lives and as you know I say viva life so if sexuality is where you are focusing on then please by all means live your life to the fullest and viva life in your sexuality. I am here for all of and I just love that because I'm like yes live your best life get your orgasm I mean what else needs to be said like viva life viva life in your sexual life as a woman get get fulfillment you know you don't have to reach for the orgasm because sometimes that is not attained but have fun enjoy yourself and yeah I'll love the quote math was never my favorite subject in school but I could get with this equation personally this is an equation that I I frequent and I understand inside and out and in all languages. So y'all, we are back with another episode for Sex Education Month, WMB style. Now for this episode, it is safe for work and the kids. I know previously y'all heard me talk about this month being NSFW or not safe for work, but today it's safe for everybody possibly. Today we have Dr. Kelly O.L. Moore here to answer questions on reproductive health, anatomy, sex, conception, and even stuff in between. That was that, you know, gentle, educated voice that you heard in with the quote. But for y'all, because y'all don't know who Dr. Kelly is, Dr. Kelly O. Elmore, MD, is a board-certified OBGYN, healthcare executive, and chief wellness officer for clients across the globe. While Dr. Elmore considers her practice Viva Life Health Hub in San Diego as her home, she travels the world and sees most of her private medical concierge patients virtually. Dr. Elmore is a high energy and dynamic speaker who grasps the attention of her audience and leaves a positive and memorable impression. Her life motto she shares wholeheartedly with her patients is to educate, encourage, inspire men, women, and youth to viva life, starting with their health. Y'all, welcome to the Zoom room, Dr. Kelly Elmore. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, and I'm so excited to be here with you. I cannot wait to get into this podcast, this interview, because we all know that it's just going to be great and magnificent. Let's go. Yes, come on through energy. Yes. As y'all know, we talk about adulting. So before we get to the meet, Dr. Kelly, can you describe a 
adulting? Well, I would say, first of all, we have to mature. And as we're maturing, we're educating ourselves and learning at all times. So adulting is for the rest of your life. So once you fit, figured it out, it's for the rest of your life. And a lot of people say adulting is hard. Well, you know what? I don't think adulting is hard. Are there hard times? Absolutely. But adulting is being on top of your game, spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, and emotionally. And doing, like I said, living your best life, coming out here, collaborating, being cooperative with others, building your wealth, knowing and understanding who you are, whose you are, and how you're going to leave a magnificent legacy. I am speechless because I love that whole entire definition. So what are two words you would use to describe adulting or describe your journey into adulting? Well, like I said, um, I'm all about educating, encouraging, and inspiring. So I would say I have three words. Sorry, I can't just say two, but it truly is about educating yourself about yourself, about your surroundings, and about how you are going to present yourself and allow people to perceive you. Um, it is also about inspiring others. So my entire life is about motivating men, women, and children to do and be their best. And in that, that's that inspiration because it's going to keep us going. We have a long life to live. I come from a family of people that live into their hundreds. And I know that I want to experience the best life has to offer all the way into death. And I, I intend to live to at least a hundred. And I'm not talking about in a bed or bedridden. I'm talking about having the best experience on this earth. So I love that you said that you have family members that live into a hundred because that is just a blessing nowadays. Like you don't see that in this, in our times. So tell me, did you have a blueprint going into adulthood? Absolutely. My blueprint has been, and I will say that I've had some negative experiences in my young adulthood or, you know, as my youth. And I've also seen exactly what I want to achieve. And those people look like me and those people don't look like me. So in my youth, um, and I don't say this lightly, I have been, I have experienced domestic violence. I've experienced sexual abuse. I've experienced uh, physical abuse, but I looked at those things because my mother was there for me. My grandmother was there for me. I had positive men in my life who treated me with straight love and uh, the proper attention. So even though I experienced those things, it was very important that those people looked at me and said, you know what? Unfortunately, so many people have experienced these things, but we're not going to allow, allow those experiences to defeat us. And we're going to walk with pride. We're going to walk in grace and we're going to walk in love. And we're going to be successful in each and everything that we do. So when we think about, you know, moving forward in that and having that blueprint, absolutely. I had beautiful, wonderful, strong Black women and men who were educated to the highest level, as well as those who may have, may or may not had a high school education. But I use every single experience from every single person in my aura and in my circle to make me the best person that I could be and that I was put on this earth to be. That was powerful. And I say that because how you said, like you had so many examples and we talk about this of like envir environment and exposure matters. So if you're not exposed to it, if you don't see, like you said, you see people who look like you being successful, not a lot of people or a lot of, um, unfortunately, Black youth see that, right? In our culture, in our time today. So as um, Nay said earlier in your introduction, you are the most freaking amazing OBGYN, but we want to know how did you, or why did you want to become an OBGYN? I always say I was called to the pulpit. <laughs> and I think I, I got to add on, you know, I was just called to the pulpit of women's health. I knew because of the experiences that I had, because of the, the hard experiences that I saw women go through. And this, you know, I've, I've known I wanted to be an OBGYN since I was eight. I think I was watching a PBS show of a woman getting a laparoscopy, which is a camera um, surgery and having her uterus removed, which is a hysterectomy, which a lot of black women um, and women of color go through. And I saw that and my mom walked through the door and she was like, what are you, what, what are you watching? <laughs> and I'm like, it's PBS. I'm learning how to be a surgeon. And she was like, okay, have at it. You can do that. So that is, you know, what I saw on television, but I think the women's health aspect and my, my deep desire for having equitable, evidence-based, high quality, safe healthcare for women, women of color, and, you know, our people in general, it, it just came from understanding who I am and where I come from and seeing the hard times that many people experience because they don't have that access and knowing that I wanted to be a change maker and I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I love that answer. I love that it's your goal and your passion 
started so early and in that you got a thirst for knowledge about women's health. But in your practice, we know that that's probably not as common as it should be. So in your practice, how many women do you feel are truly aware of how the vagina works? I will honestly say, I don't think a lot of people truly are aware of not just their vagina, but their entire reproductive and health system. And it does amaze me every single time I talk to a one of my clients or even a large group of people just talking about the basic things. And they're like, what? Really? So funny story, when I was probably 10 years old, when, you know, a little girl start figuring out all these different body parts and everything and, and really heading into my preteen years, you know, I was like, hmm, mommy, did you know that the women have three holes? And she was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. So as a youth being very interested in my own body and wanting, you could see I wanted to educate because I wouldn't told my mom, like, did you know? And so that's how I approach these things. Did you know? And um, when we have those conversations, I do see the look in their eyes like, whoa, the eyes get big or they're just like, oh, nobody told me about that. And there's so much, you know, even in these days with all the social media, there's so many things that are taboo that people don't talk about. And you're like, no, 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 we got to talk about these things. These things are important. This is your body and you need to know every single thing about your body. Exactly. So let's get into some of the basics. In today's society and colloquially amongst women, we hear women talk all the time about their vagina. Like my vagina looks like this, my vagina looks like that, but they might not actually be talking about your vagina. So could you tell our audience what's the difference between a vulva and a vagina and kind of explain the two? Yes of course. So yes, a lot of people talk about the vagina, but the vagina, you cannot see. The vagina is a tube inside of your body, inside of what we call our pelvis, which is the area between your hips, um, between your thighs. Um, that is the, the, that's what the pelvis is. The vulva, which we'll talk about, which are really, is really what people see. And that's what people are talking about. So that's their lips. Um, that's the area around. So you have the large lips, you have the small lips, you have the clitoris that's there. You have the hole that leads to the vagina and the vagina is a tube. Um, and then that when you look at down the tube, you can see the cervix and inside the cervix that leads into the uterus, but you cannot see from the outside, the uterus, the cervix or the vagina, but you can see the hole to it. And then that area as well, you know, on the bottom side of our uh, vulva, vulvar area, then you have your anus. So when we talk about the three holes, so we have our, under our clitoris, we have our urethra, we have our vaginal opening, and that is also where people talk about the hymen or the cherry. And then below that, you have the anus. So that really is when we're when, what people are talking about when they're talking about the vagina. It's really the vulva. Thank you so much for that brief anatomy lesson, Dr. Kelly. We are all women of a certain age and our audience is predominantly women of a certain age who have gone through puberty. And as such, you might have a little hair that's on your vulva. For our audience, who may want to take all of that off. Can you tell us if waxing or sugaring negatively affects the vulva? And if so, what are those effects? So so waxing, sugaring, shaving, the way that those can negatively affect the vulva is if you are getting cuts and then you are introducing infection or some type of yeah, infection to it. So are those things bad for you? No, they're not bad for you. Do you need to be aware that yes, just like anything, you can have infections. Um, so you want to make sure everything that you use is clean and brand new for you. You also want to make sure that you take a look and make sure you don't see any significant redness, bumps, or bruises. You want to make sure you don't see any pustules or pimples showing up excessively. So those are kind of the side effects of those things. And also you're just like any, anything that touches your skin, you want to make sure you're not getting rashes and redness and itching and burning because those can all be side effects effects of like having some type of inflammation or infection. So the side effects of those things when you are not utilizing clean tools and clean ingredients, or you are very sensitive to whatever ingredients they're using are all the things I talked about. Inflammation, infection, which look like redness, burning, itching, pustules, which have pus in them, um, pimples, ingrown hairs, all of those things can happen. So you have to be very careful about your vulva 
mons pubis pelvic area. All right, listeners. So y'all heard that it is not inherently wrong or negative to take it all off, but make sure you are doing it in a sanitary, educated way. Also be familiar with your area down there. But another kind of situation that some people might be interested in, I've never heard of it. Could you tell us about vaginal tightening? If you've heard of it, if you have stories about clients who've done it, and is that something that women who already have multiple children consider or what it what is it for people who are like myself okay so vaginal tightening so vaginal tightening well so when we think about it the area that we just talked about the pelvic area it's like a bowl okay so you have muscles there that and muscles and ligaments and essentially when you're younger before you start having intercourse and before you start having children or before you start lifting heavy things on a regular basis or prolonged standing then that pelvic floor is really uh, very tight. And I'm, I don't mean tight as in it's, you know, painful, but although some people do have that associated with it, but it's strong, right? So the more you're moving around and you're doing proper exercises, so proper exercises could be like kegeling or doing Pilates or doing yoga and even weightlifting as long as it's not too heavy of a weight, you will keep your pelvic floor tight. Now, as we um, mature, and when I say mature, that means grow older. So as we mature in age, as well as, like I said, as you are doing heavy lifting or prolonged standing, or you have children and it could be one child, or it could be multiple child, or you, you potentially have some type of affection that causes you to have weakening of those pelvic muscles. Um, then you can, or that can cause laxity. And when you have laxity, that is when you can see that your vagina. So remember, you normally shouldn't be able to see your vagina, right? But there are times as people go through their life that if you opened your legs, you could actually start seeing part of your vagina coming out into the opening. Okay. That's called prolapse. So you can have prolapse. You can also just have a basic weakening of those muscles. And that's sometimes why people get, why they get a pain in their pelvis. And then also you can notice that you have what's called urinary tract infections and your bladder seems to be always full, but there's nothing in it. Or or you could also uh, what we call defecate or have bowel movements on yourself because that floor is not tight. Now, what people, I know, right? Eyes just whoop, blood, whoop, that's a lot of information. <laughs> so because all of those things potentially could happen because all of the things that we do over our lifetime, number one, it's very important for you to, and I talk about this all the time, your exercise, that yoga, Pilates, that um, high intensity exercise, making sure if you're lifting weights, you're not lifting too heavy of weights, very important important. Also utilizing, using the restroom when you feel like you need to use the restroom, but not allowing your bladder to get so full that it becomes lax. And then also you, the, when you talk about the vaginal tightening procedures, yes, there are procedures. I do recommend having them done by a board certified OBGYN who has been trained in doing these procedures as well as uh, plastic surgeons as um, board certified plastic surgeons who has been trained in doing these procedures. If you're going to utilize them. But I believe that we can do most of the work naturally through the things that we already talked about. But if you're going to utilize them, please, please, please do the research, find somebody that is good and understand that you are doing this to improve a medical issue, not just a cosmetic issue. So Dr. Kelly, what I'm hearing you say is if you are on the path to some laxity, it is possible to kind of reverse it and strengthen those muscles without the need for some surgery as long as it's not too far gone. Absolutely. So we have something that's called pelvic floor physical therapy that a lot of people don't know about. And, you know, people hear about the kegels, which is the tightening of the, the vaginal floor, the vaginal muscles, but it's actually physical therapists that are trained in helping you tighten those muscles, relaxing the muscles when you need to. So you don't get the pain that some people have with either having intercourse or just like daily, but they're called pelvic floor physical therapists. And yes, just like anything, if you play prevent defense, which I believe in, if you play prevent defense by going to your uh, pelvic floor physical therapist after you're noticing something is different and knowing what your body looks like, then you can decrease the likelihood that you'll need to go even further into having procedures or surgery. My head is spinning because I'm like, this is a lot of information and I'm loving this. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, we don't know. We don't know a lot about nothing. So 
<laughs> which is so exciting. That's why I'm so excited that you're on here because like, even when we're talking about the pelvic floor therapist, luckily I know you've told me and they told me, but for every single black woman that I know, they don't know about that. So, and then even to how you explain the pelvic floor and like how it's a bowl, like I'm such a visual person. So I saw the whole entire thing and then, yeah. So I have a question. This next question is from an audience member. The question is, is it unhealthy to not wear panties? Well, first of all, thank you for that question. And no, it is not unhealthy. As a matter of fact, going commando is a great thing. So it allows our body to breathe. Okay. If you need it because you are, you know, have to wear a pad, you're on a period, or you just feel uncomfortable with the natural vaginal lubricants that you have, then fine, wear underwear. But I will tell you, commando is a wonderful thing. Thank you. Thank you. So audience member, you got your answer. So yes, keep going and keep doing what you're doing. And then what are some ways Because when you said the vagina is technically a tube that's inside us. So what are some ways that we can keep our vagina healthy and happy? So number one, your vagina is a self-cleaning tube. So we just need to understand that. I know a lot of people want to put things in their vagina and they want to use, you know, different things in the vagina, but technically the vagina is a self-cleaning tube. That being said, what we drink and what we eat is very important. Okay. The reason why is because whatever you're drinking, eating, it actually comes through your natural vaginal uh, lubrication. So, and the other thing is whatever you put in your vagina needs to have a pH balance that is compatible with you. So I know a lot of people can end up with changes in their pH balances and that ends up into causing infections or uh, pH balance changes like bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections. But then also if you're exposed to STDs, that can change your vagina. So you need to be very careful about who you're having intercourse with. Um, what I tell people, you need to mask up, right? So mask up from COVID, strap up from STDs um, and pregnancy. Um, so very important there. Very important to, if you are having abnormal discharge, so your discharge normally should be white or slightly clear, depending on where you are in your cycle and whether or not you're on a hormonal control. It should not smell. So it shouldn't be fish, fishy. It shouldn't cause itching. It shouldn't cause burning. If you're having any of those symptoms, then we need to be evaluated by a women's health practitioner or a board certified OBGYN. Nice. Thank you so much for that answer, Dr. Kelly. And can you expound a little bit more on what specific foods are good for maintaining a healthy vaginal environment? So the, the specific foods are just like what we're supposed to eat, right? So fruits and vegetables, grains, not a lot of carbs or unhealthy carbs, let's put it that way. So, you know, not a lot of white breads is pretty much what I say. Um, those are the most important things and drinking lots and lots of fresh water. Nice. So it's almost like your vagina can be a reflection of your health. Absolutely. It is a reflection of your health. What are, to segue into ways I'm guessing that we can also maintain this healthy vaginal environment, because I think this might have been an additional listener question. What are bee steams and are they good for the vagina? So as I said, the vagina is a self-cleaning experience. Do you need to do V-steams? No, you do not. Do people do V-steams? Yes, they do. And sometimes, and one of the things I would say, very, very important, you can burn your vulva. You can burn your vulva. Remember, the vagina is the tube on the inside. The vulva is the outside and that's the skin. So just imagine if you're steaming something over the stove, right? Then your skin can get burned and that can cause first, second, and th third degree burns. And we do not want that. And that's very important. You do not need to steam any thing in particular into the vagina, you know, into the vagina or vulva area either. But I know people use steaming because it helps them um, mostly with their, like if they have period pain, you know, women of color have a lot of issues with their uteruses. So whether that be fibroids or hormonal involvement that cause us to have pain, we have a lot of that. So I know people do use it for that. Um, but as far as like a cosmetic type of thing, I, I really can't prescribe to that. But if people want to use it, just be careful about what you're doing and make sure you don't have a lot of additives or anything like that. Like we're not putting berries and stuff inside of our, our vaginas. We don't need to do all of that. Okay. I'm just saying I've heard, I've heard, I haven't done, I've heard. Um, but I have had a few friends that have gone to the V steaming and really probably got a first degree burn from that experience. Yeah. So be careful. Just be careful. Well, I'm going to say thank you for that because I never knew steam could burn you like that, but that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, so you, spoke on something about semen. And 
and pH. So my question for you is, as a Black female, how would I know if my pH level is off? But then how does semen actually affect my pH levels? Right. So your the way that you would know if your pH level is off is by those things I asked. So if a woman comes to me and says, oh, I think something's wrong, I say, are you? does it itch, burn, or smell? So if it itch, burns, or smell, then most likely then your pH balance is off. And then I have to look and see what is causing that. So we talked about, you know, bacterial vaginosis, which is different bacteria that can cause your pH balance to be off. We talked about STDs, gonorrhea, chlamydia, trichomonas. Um, those types of things can cause your pH balance to be off. And we have testing that we can do in the clinic. There are also home tests that you can buy to do that as well. You go online and you look for, you know, vaginal pH tests. It's a, it's, it's actually pretty easy. <laughs> the, the little piece of paper we use, it tells you whether it's acid or it's basic. Um, and if it's outside of those, the parameters we have set, then yes, your pH balance is off. But really I tell people if it itches, burns, or smells. So that's part one to your question, hopefully. Part two, the semen. Okay. So this is where we go back to. You need to make sure that he does not have an STD. You need to make sure that he is clean, circumcised or uncircumcised. He needs to be clean. There needs to be no bumps, bruises, or pustules on that penis. Okay. Um, or any extra, any extra, um, I, I can't remember the word right now, but nothing extra on there. Okay. It should just be a penis. The other thing is for them, based on what they're eating, their pH balance can change, right? So if you have a pH balance that is different and it introduces to his pH balance, which is different from you, then yes, you can cause your pH balance to go off. And unfortunately it's the woman that tends to see what's going on because it's a two, it's in there, especially, especially if he ejaculates on the inside, then that semen is going to be in there. It's going to mix together. And there's just going to be some new smells and, and sometimes unpleasantries that are associated with that. So we just have to be careful about ourselves and know who we are having intercourse with and minimizing the number of people that we have intercourse with and protecting that penis from us. Amen. So listeners, you need to check the eggplant like you check an eggplant. Like look for the bumps, the bruises and everything else. Check it. It's no harm in that. But Dr. Kelly, you hit on this. I feel like this just needs a tad bit of a explicit response from our for our listeners. The vagina is self-cleaning. Please explicitly tell our listeners why they do not need to douche, use feminine wash, or spray. So th- th- that exact reason, because the body is made to heal and to clean itself. And I, the, the reason why people use different things is, number one, it could be somebody that told them in the family you should use it. Number two, we don't want to wait for the body to self-clean. Now, the body, for the most part, is not going to uh, resolve and sexually transmitted disease on its own. And if it does, there's going to be consequences to that. Okay. Fertility consequences, pain, um, infection for you. So in that, that's why it's really important. If you notice something that's not right, we check it out to make sure it's not something that's going to cause long-term issues. But if it's just, I had intercourse and after I had intercourse, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And I like to douche or I like to use a wash or something like that. Um, because I don't feel right, then yes, your body will adjust the pH balance most of the time. Now, I do understand that people, if they want to use something to help, quote unquote, the vagina clean it out, then I would recommend that it's something as natural as possible. So sterile water, sterile water, sterile, normal saline. Is it easy to get these things? No, because it's pretty much only in the hospitals, right? Or in the clinic. Or if you're going to use a, uh, a vaginal cleanser, then make sure it is as close to the pH balance as possible and don't use it regularly. Okay. So I do know that women are very concerned and they want to like wash out, clean out, but for the most part, your body will do that for you. Thank you so much. And listeners who have a vagina, if your partner has an issue with the way your vagina naturally smells, get a new partner. It does not need to smell like roses and any other kind of floral potpourri situation down there. But now that it is all the rage to not have the tampons, not have the pads. We want some new, new in the year of our Lord 2022. So can you tell our listeners if it's okay to use the Mistral cups and discs such as the Diva Cup, the Lenny, the Zenny, all of the names? Absolutely. I think that, I think it's a great thing to not utilize anything in your vagina if you possibly can. So when I was having cycles and I've chosen not to have cycles um, with a little bit of hormone, but when I was 
was having cycles, I used tampons. And if it was really heavy, I used a pad. But honestly, thinking about it, if you don't need to put anything in there, then don't. And that's called free bleeding. And I know some people believe in it and some people don't. And I'm fine with it. Like I said, whatever works for you. But if you are going to uh, utilize something, I think the Diva Cup is a great option. Um, It's not new, right? Women have been using cups and, and things for a long time. These are not new things. The important thing about utilizing anything is number one, make sure it's clean and new for you, right? So don't use anybody else's, right? The other thing is to keep it clean. So take it out, wash it out according to the directions that are on there. Don't leave it in for extended period of time. Please don't forget because you can get some a bad infection um, that can lead to something called toxic shock and, um, syndrome or something even worse. So don't do that. So take it out, clean it, wash it, use it when you need it. And when you don't need it, put it in its beautiful container and then bring it out again when you need it. Amen. And as somebody who is a proponent and user of these discs and everything else, audience, they do have a expiration date. So just because you make that purchase once don't mean you can use the same one for your whole life. It degrades just like anything else. Most of the time, it's about a two to three year window that they like to give them. But don't have the same one you had since the year of our Lord 2000. Get rid of it. Get a new one. Public service announcement from now. So let's talk about sex psychology. How do you, Dr. Kelly, help women feel comfortable with being their full, authentic, awesome sexual selves? Well, I say, number one, know who you are and whose you are. You have been beautifully and wonderfully made. And I think you need to look in that mirror and accept exactly who you were created to be. So one of the things that my clients and my friends know that I am going to tell you how absolutely wonderful and beautiful you are and that you can achieve and accomplish each and everything that you so choose. Um, Even if I'm doing your pap smear or I'm doing your pelvic exam or we're doing a breast exam, I'm going to tell you what your body, how your body looks, what it should look like. Um, If there's anything that I see that's not right, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. And then in that experience, we're going to talk about what do you want to achieve in your life? How do you want to get there? How can I help you get there? Who can I call to help you get to what you need and where you need and let you know how magnificent, marvelous, and wonderful you are? Come on on pelvic exam with a side of good old optimism and confidence boosting and everything else. I'm here for it. All doctors should be like you. Also, since being your full authentic sexual self not only is a physical thing, it's definitely a mental thing and mental things come in a multitude of ways. Can you describe what a high and a low libido is and also what causes a high and a low libido. Yeah. So mental health, emotional health is very important. It's one of the things, part of the five pillars of Viva life that I talk about. What can cause a high libido? So it's different things, right? So we cycle. So as soon as we start having our uh, menses and a little bit before we go through puberty and we cycle and that cycling happens because we have hormone levels that go up and down. So you may realize that when you are, so what a cycle is just real quick, when you start your period, to when you end your period. And so when you start your period from when you start another period, that's called a cycle. And in that cycle, you have the actual bleed and then you'll stop bleeding. And then about 12 to 16 days after the first day of your bleed is kind of your ovulation time. And that's when the eggs that we're naturally born with release. And then of course, if there's a a sperm that comes along, that's how you get pregnant, right? Well, if you don't get pregnant, then that egg just kind of dissipates in your body. And then you have a period probably about two weeks later. So the times when you are having the highest libido is during ovulation. So when you have your period two weeks after that during ovulation, why? Because your body is made to procreate. And the only way you're going to procreate is if you feel like having sex, right? So that's one of the times. Now, the times that you have the least libido is going to be that times most likely around your actual bleed or um, menstrual menses. Now, the other things that can cause you to have a high libido, it can be the exercise. So one of the reasons why Viva Life is about exercising is because let me tell you, as you mature, your libido starts to go down. One thing that will not go down when you're exercising, I'm telling you now, is your libido. Okay. So one of the things that can help you with your uh, libido is to keep that exercise going. And that exercise can be dancing, yoga, Pilates, Zumba, whatever it is you want to do, weightlifting, that will help you. Now, low libidos can be caused by hormones 
So one of the things about birth control is not only does it stop you from ovulating, it stops you from wanting to have sex. Okay. So, uh-huh. Um, I figured this out in my age. I was like, what is it about the, and then when I stopped using oral contraceptives or combination birth control, the libido was like, come, it came back. The other thing is stress. Stress will jack up your life in so many ways, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, it will jack up your life. So the more we can minimize our stress and stressors, then the better our libido will be. Also that emotional and mental health. If you are depressed, have anxiety, if you have schizophrenia, if you have a a depressive episode in bipolar or mania experience, then yes, your libido will be decreased. And then the other thing we talked about is medication. So oral contraceptive, hypertensive, anti-hypertensive pills, diabetes medication, what else? Antidepressants, some of them, there's only one that actually helps improve your libido. Those, all those things can cause you to have a low libido. So it's really important. That's why I you know talk about that prevention. That's why I talk about the naturalness of life. The more we can do naturally, the more that we can have a better sex life and better libido. Okay. So let's set the stage. We are exercising. We're wanting to have sex. Our libido is up. We are in the zone and we want to reach that promised land that is so often talked about. That's right. We want to have an orgasm. Can you tell our listeners what an orgasm is? How can they tell if they have one? And is it truly hard for women? Well, harder for women to orgasm like we've kind of been taught by society to think. Okay. So (laughs) what is an orgasm? An orgasm is a heightened sexual experience. And when I say heightened, that means that your, your body feels this orgasm. Your heart rate increases. Your vagina tightens up and relaxes. Your breasts become more perky. Your mind can actually become more clear. Your feeling of ecstasy is present. If you have never had an orgasm, you will know it. If you've had an orgasm, it is one of the most exuberating experiences that you could ever experience in your life. Is it hard to have one? Sure. If you're stressed out, if your mental health and emotional health aren't aren't well, if you are ill, sick, if you're burdened, it is very difficult to let go of all of those things and have an orgasm. For a woman, it's different because for a man, having an orgasm is like actually, you know, the, the physical movement of the, the penis having some type of resistance to it. And eventually, yes, it'll come. But men, as they age, do have issues with being able to have orgasms too. That's why low testosterone is a real thing. Low T is real. Okay. Now for women, yes, when we have the changes in our, our hormonal cycles, we also have a little bit of testosterone in our body as well. So that's one of the things that people find that when you're when those hormone levels are all getting lower, it can cause you to have inability or heart. It's harder to have an orgasm. But for a woman, I would tell you, first of all, to have an orgasm, you need to know thyself. Okay. Know thyself. The, for some women, the easier way to have an orgasm is to, by touching themselves, touching their clitoris. Okay. Some women need something on the inside to kind of uh, rub up against their, what they call the G spot or wherever in their vagina is the zone that is most sensitive. And some women have the wonderful ability to have an orgasm just by creating it in their mind. Oh, don't we wish we all could be so lucky. I'm telling you, Dr. Elmore can help you get there. I think the mental orgasm is the most important one because there's going to be times when you're not going to be able. What happens if you become disabled? What happens if your spouse becomes disabled? What happens if, you know, you're just not able to achieve that and being able to be with either a psychologist, psychiatrist, an OBGYN that's able to help you achieve those different things are so important. But if we can get you mentally there, if we can help you release all that's going on in your brain, then we can help you get you physically there as well. That is so good to hear because we often, well, I'm going to say we, but I mean, we as a me. I often hear that it does start in the mental first and foremost, and everything else is just a physical representation of the event that happened in the head. So by that token, what is squirting and is it normal? So squirting is essentially ejaculation for a woman. Okay. And is it normal? Absolutely. Does everybody do it? No, you truly have to be in tune with yourself and it is a part of the orgasmic experience, but everybody does not um, squirt when they have an orgasm. That is, I believe that um, having ejaculation is probably the next level in the orgasm. So that's like going from the mountaintop to the stratosphere. Boom, universe. (laughs) 
Nice. So before we can get from the mountaintop to the stratosphere, we got to get this thing cooking. And everything cooks better with more lubrication. Amen, amen. So what are some natural lubricants you can recommend to our listeners since you are about this holistic, healthy, natural lifestyle? So first of all, our own lubrication. If we're not lubricating ourselves, it could be um, having self-lubrication. It could be a couple of things. What we were just talking about, that spiritual, mental, and emotional stress that is precluding us from um, getting to that level. So our lubrication is more, is a little bit more than just the natural amount that we have every day. Like I said, we have a natural amount every day, but if you needed to get a little bit more wet, then you got to get in that spiritual, mental, and emotional zone. Um, The other thing is those medications can also decrease your lubrication. So we talked about all of those medications that people take to prevent or to treat disease um, or prevent pregnancy. Those can also cause that. So some of the natural things that we can do, um, I I would say the most natural thing, and you can't use this with with condoms, what would be to use some type of oil. So um, if you want to utilize, and I would say natural oils, okay? (laughs) Natural oils would be the best, but if you're utilizing condoms that can break down the condom, so then that's when we say go to KY jelly or something like that. So that would be my, my recommendation. You don't need a lot, okay? You can just put it really on the tip of the penis just a little bit or on the outside of the vulva, depending on your sexual orientation or who you're having sex with, um, or on the, the tip of a, a, a finger, right? You just need just enough to get through the, the opening to the vagina so it's not feeling scratchy or burning or painful. Yes. And if you need a WMB specific recommendation, coconut oil. Uh, yes. Those are very natural oils for us. It's a great thing. Speaking of sex, which this whole episode is about, can you have sex on your period? Is that safe? Is that hygienic? Or should we just be keeping it know when Auntie Flo is in town? So like I said, I'm the one that's like all for it, right? You can have sex on your period. You can make sure, but because let me just say one thing, while you're on your cycle is sometimes you're going to be most heightened on your cycle, right? The other thing is it is your cervix is a little bit open, so you can get a higher risk of infection during that time, right? Um, So really important that whomever you're having intercourse with or whatever you're having intercourse with is clean, doesn't have any STDs. But yes, absolutely. Put a towel down and have sex. Whereas I like to say, just buy you some period sheets and get a mattress cover. There you go. (laughs) So since we're talking about being clean and putting that towel down or getting those period sheets. So what is the, what is sex aftercare? So how are you supposed to like, what's the routine that you should use to like post sex to make sure you're still clean, make sure your vagina and your vulva is still clean. Like, what does that look like? So number one, you should bask a little bit in the joy of the experience that you just had. But... Please, like enjoy it. We are, you know, we're so quick to get up and, you know, go, right? We're so, enjoy the moment, be in the moment. But yes, you should get up, you should go to the restroom, you should pee, right? So you should urinate. You should always wipe front to back, all righty? Um, and from there, that's pretty much all you need to do. You don't need to do anything else after that. I would say, you know, if you have a warm towel, then utilize that in your, your post experience to wipe your partner down. And that's fine, front to back, clean everything off. Um, Um, and kind of go from there. So urination, front to back wiping and enjoying the experience. So what happens if you don't do any of that? Like if you are after ejaculation, everyone comes, right? And you're bathing this this beautiful experience and then you continue on about your day. That's fine. Eventually, right? Everybody goes to the bathroom eventually. So eventually you're going to go to the bathroom. You're going to, uh, I, I believe the urination after that, that's the most important thing. But if you go to sleep, fall asleep, then okay, get up in in the morning or in a couple of hours when you got to go to the restroom, then go to the restroom and handle your business. It's okay. Remember the vagina is a self-cleaning experience, right? So as long as you're not introducing infection to the vagina, more likely than not, you're going to be okay. Now, some people have urinary tract infections and have increased urinary tract infections. Then that's one of the things that um, the urination afterwards and making sure you wipe from the front to back, that's what that's helping prevent. That's good to know because I've definitely had those experiences where it's been really good and I have zero energy to move and I literally fall asleep right there that's fine 
as you should. Okay, good. So I'm glad to know that in a couple hours when I wake up, I can go pee and be fine. Yes. So that's good to know. I know I wanted to ask a few questions, kind of touched on fertility a little bit earlier. We've touched on mental health a little bit throughout um, our conversation thus far, but I'm curious of how those two are connected, if at all. So I know that um, people that have a hard time to conceiving that can cause their mental and emotional health to not be at its best. And when we are constantly stressing and worrying and frustrated, our bodies just don't work the normal way that they would. For my patients that have been able through been able to conceive through therapy after traumas and after mental and emotional distress and stress, it's because we have been able to bring those levels down. Now there's going to be people who are not going to be able to conceive without assistance, but they'll still need that psychological therapy to help them through the multiple changes that they have to go through to conceive. There's lots of medications. There's lots of doctor's visits. And then also, I mean, part of having, you know, trying to conceive is having a a fruitful sexual relationship. So when you're starting to time everything so significantly, your, your, your body is not in tune. The hormones are getting thrown off. The naturalness of it is changing and it makes it much more difficult. So we have to be understanding of people when they don't have children and not ask them, when are you going to have kids? That's one thing, because <laughs> they could be trying. Um, number two, we have to be very supportive. And then the people in the relationship have to continue to be loving and understanding, even though it's frustrating. And then, you know, 15% of people are not going to be able to conceive either because of the male, the female, or a combination of both. And then we have to be understanding about that, that we've done everything we possibly can. And unfortunately, your body is not going to be able to conceive. But there's so many other options if we're not able to conceive between ourselves um, or the spouse or the mate that we're with. That's really good advice, especially when you're you've been in a relationship for a long time or like as soon as you get married, those questions, if they hadn't been coming already, those questions are like rapid fire for many and everybody that knows that you've recently, you know, have become a spouse. And so that can definitely be hard to absorb when you know, like you've been doing what you do and you enjoy it and all that kind of stuff. And just naturally things just haven't time-wise come together. So if that's really good advice for people that have had those experiences with struggling for that. When it comes to sex and conceiving, I'm curious, what are the best or most successful positions to potentially conceive a child? So the best position is the sperm meeting the egg. So whatever position it is that you so choose that allows the sperm to meet the egg, then do that position. I don't have to be like upside down or like gravity do its thing. There's no like tricks or none of that acrobatics. No, because um, the sperm are very, you know, good sperm. <laughs> Healthy sperm are swimmers. And there's, when they ejaculate, there is hundreds of thousands of them. And they swim, 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 swim. So like I said, the vagina is a tube. The uh, semen, if it's in the vagina, it will more likely than not go up into the cervix, into the uterus, and then we'll meet the egg. So you don't have to do any extra heroics. One of the things that we do when we are helping people conceive. So if I am doing what's called a, um, if I am placing the semen into the cervix, then we do have the woman kind of lift up her body so that her bottom is a little bit higher than her heart. And does, you know, does that work? Does it do that? It's what we do, right? But whatever position you so choose to help yourself conceive, as long as the sperm is inside the vagina, it'll get to the cervix and to the ears. Good swimmers, healthy swimmers. So you, you kind of hinted to this all throughout. And so I'm really excited to talk about this even more. So you have Viva Life Hub, right? So tell us a little bit more of how you are educating women, specifically women women of color, if I'm going to be black women, us. Okay. So I will tell you, this is my favorite part. So Viva Life Health Hub is a space where I actually bring together my colleagues to do this education. So we've done education at health fairs. We've hosted our own health fair where people could come up and meet myself and um, my fellow colleagues, specialists that you would like never meet, general surgeons, dermatologists, orthopedic surgeons, unless you have a primary care that refers you, you wouldn't be able to meet. The other thing is I do this. I come on 
podcast. I come on, I go to group meetings. I have small group meetings, large group meetings, um, and then my social media. So if you go on my social media page, everything on there is about one of those five pillars so that I can educate people about living their best life spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, and emotionally. And it's a differentiator. So you're not going to see a lot of physicians, um, whether on social media, in the community, because a lot of them are in the clinic working or in the hospital working constantly. And you don't see them out in the community because they're tired by the time that all happens. Well, I have changed my practice up so that I can get out here and educate you. And it's not about, you know, the you know, the normal stuff that you see, like you can Google that, right? But it's really about those actionable items that we can talk about, that we can do, that can really change your life. And so that's what I do. I lead by example. I'm a role model intentionally so that we can make sure that women of color, Black women, men can truly have all the tools and the resources that they need so they can live this life to the fullest. And I'm here for all of that because, as you know, you snatched my life and got me together real quick when I first met you. So (laughs) I love that. And you mentioned your podcast, which I listen to every morning. So thank you so much. Um, So tell us a little bit more about that podcast. So that podcast, and it's a part of the formula. So in the Viva Life SPF Me, that spiritual, physical, financial, mental, and emotional formula, it is literally to get up, to meditate, to journal, exercise, and then optimize your nutrition throughout the day. That podcast is me being authentic, real, and raw. So it's essentially you're in my meditative space when you're with it, listening to that podcast. And what I try to do is I think of a, a word of the day, something that I've been inspired by either that day, that morning in my meditation, or something that happened that week. I utilize that word or phrase of the day. We talk about um, what you need to forgive and release because when we talk about this, these stressors, you've got to let it go. You have got to let it go because if you don't let it go, it's taking up space that doesn't need to be there. And it's taking up space from the positive things that could happen in your life if you so chose. The next thing we do is as soon as we let something go, we got to affirm. We got to put something or something in there that is positive and that is affirming to you and affirming to others because that's what you're going to see. You are going to see the fruition of your affirmations. And then from there, we're grateful. We are grateful for what we have been blessed with. We are grateful for what we have. Even if it feels like it's not a lot, even if it's that small mustard seed, we are going to be grateful for it because if you live your day, if you live your life grateful, you are going to continue to achieve the what has been given to you as an assignment. You are going to continue to use your gifts and talents each and every day, and you are going to live your healthiest and wealthiest life. Lastly, we call forth. We call forth what we want to see, what we want to see that day, what we want to see that week, the next 10 years. The reason I am here today is because I have done all of this ever since I was a little girl. And utilizing this, I would not be where I where I am if I did not use this formula. So that's what we do in Viva Life on that podcast. I just loved all of that. And I'm here for it. And not only that, like how you say, get like get your life, but also like the gratefulness, the firmness. I did not know I'm like in your meditation space. So that makes sense though. Cause like when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, then I'm like, okay, I can conquer the day. Let's go, let's go. So what advice do you want to leave to all Black women listening to this podcast regarding sex health? That you are in control. You are in control and we need to know our bodies and we need to understand our bodies and we need to ask for what we want and we need to create the space that we want to be in to have our healthiest sexual life. Like we are in control. It's our bodies. Everything with consent though. We always say that boundaries and consent. But it is our bodies and we are in control and we deserve, I think we talked about this on another episode like it's our birthright to pleasure like that is our birthright and so my last question to you before we move on to our next segment is what do you want to be remembered for or what is your legacy my legacy is people like honestly my legacy is the fact that you can have trials and tribulations and challenges you can affirm your way into what you want to achieve open the door pull up a chair and help somebody else get at that table that you either created or that you created the space for so that's the legacy I want to leave and of course every day Viva life. I love that. And I love how um, you and your mom on the podcast, you both say, so it's done. So it is done. And so I'm going to be like, so it is done. Yes, we acknowledge it. And so it's, it is done. Dr. Kelly just got 
all of y'all lives together. She has just let y'all know, one, you cannot live this life or you cannot have a beautiful sexual experience if you don't have that self-love, that self-belief, and that self-worth in yourself. And with that, a word from our sponsor. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a DM at Brianna underscore Latrice. See you on the call. So y'all, we are transitioning into our next segment, Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. Audience, by now you know we love, love, love to give all of our Black people their flowers when they are doing the damn thing. Today, we give all, all, all the flowers, the congratulations, everything. We congratulate her on all she's doing. The one and the only for our Moments of Melanations today is Dr. Kelly. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the flowers. It is greatly appreciated. I do this to help make the world a better place and have a positive impact. And I'm so grateful and so blessed to be here with you. And I pray and I know that you will be successful in each and everything that you do. Thank you. Yeah, this is why I love her. Like I'm biased on this one because she is the best doctor, but also she's my doctor. But also she is the doctor for every single woman. Meaning you can ask her, as she said earlier, you can ask her anything. She's going to give you the God honest truth truth. And not only that, she's changing the medical game, y'all. She is a concierge type of doctor where she gives you a concierge service and gives back tenfold to the community. Through her Viva Life Health Hub, she continuously gives and gives and gives. She educates, she inspires. And overall, like she has a purpose that's placed on her life that's changing not just the medical game, but every single person that comes into her face. She will, as y'all have heard, she's pouring into you. She is getting you together, not just like your health, which is number one, right? But your mental state, your physical, she will even sit down and help you with some finances. Cause I know when I first met her, her first question to me was, what's, what are, what are your goals in five years? And I'm like, wait, is this my doctor asking me this question? So she will get you together all around. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly, for stopping in and talking to us. I'm not going to lie. Before we even talk to you, I already have a preconceived notion of Black women doctors as the the awesome unicorns that everybody needs in her li- their lives. And you just provided confirmation that that's a good assumption to have. I love everything you've brought to this conversation. I love how you are so personable and that you have brought clinical terms into a way that is relatable and understandable for the general public. So thank you, Dr. Kelly. Thank you for everything that you have given us in this episode. You're most welcome. I wanted everybody on my medical team to look like me because you have these certain concerns and you want to make sure that the person that is able to guide you and help you as far as your medical needs understands and can relate to some of those concerns. And so being able to have you on the show and be able to ask these questions where you as a Black woman have a certain level of experience that is relatable to patients that look like you is so incredibly important. And we need so many more Black medical professionals, Black women medical professionals in the space and the way that you have formulated your practice with being able to answer these questions and being able to help guide and educate those that come to you for your expertise is so incredibly important. And I'm so, so grateful to be able to meet you for the first time via the Zoom room, as Nay says, but hopefully give so many people the opportunity to research and contact and find a medical professional that is 
like you. If if you don't have space in your practice for uh, new patients, also, are you taking new patients? But if you don't have space in your practice for new patients, to inspire other people to find someone that is as dedicated and is as passionate about what they do like you are in. As, as you said before, gratitude. Thank you. You are most welcome as well. And yes, um, if you come to my website, vivalifehealthhub.com, and also if you follow me on social media, I follow some amazing OBGYNs who I know are amazing, who I would go to and who I go to for my healthcare and for not my knowledge and for their education. So absolutely. Um, my concierge practice is always accepting patients, but that's mostly from a virtual standpoint because I always want to make sure you actually have an OBGYN in your area that can physically touch you. Um, but I am definitely going to be here to help you elevate in every other way that you need to know. Thank you. We are going to transition into our affirmation and y'all our affirmation today comes from our own. Dr. Kelly. Absolutely. So it'll be a little bit long, but here we go. I forgive and release anyone or anything that is not for my highest and best good. I receive everything that is for my divine highest and best good. And I am grateful for being the magnificently, wonderfully made person that I have been created to be. Repeat that one more time. I forgive and release anyone or anything that is not for my highest and best good. I affirm that I receive what is for my highest and best good. And I am grateful for being the magnificently, wonderfully made person that I was created to be. Tap, tap, and so it is. And don't forget to do what? Viva life. Viva life. I love that, y'all. Um, As she said, don't forget to viva life. But before we head out, Dr. Kelly, let everyone know where they can find you. Of course. So on Instagram, at Dr. Kelly OMD, D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-O-M-D. Also on Instagram, Viva Life Health Hub. And then my website is Viva lifehealthhub.com. Thank you so much, y'all. It has been such a pleasure having her on today, getting educated. And y'all listen to this episode over and over and over. And you can find this episode on Apple, YouTube, Amazon, uh, Google Podcasts, and at the website, whereismyblueprintpod.com. And then go ahead and check out Nate's commentary on the episode too, where at whereismyblueprintpod.com. And with that, we are over and out. Bye. Peace out.